gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the gym. High noon. High noon. Here at Mutiny Radio. And it's time for the AltaCast, which has, over this summer and during these interesting COVID times, has morphed into a poetry reading. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Choose Poetry, Choose Life started months back during the, uh, there was a, in Glasgow, a poetry festival fringe thing and they didn't have the opportunity because of the timing with the COVID and I hooked into it and we're still doing it every Wednesday at high noon it's eight o'clock for them in Scotland and we bring you poetry on this zoom call from all over the place it's a really wonderful supportive group of poets and writers talented people and you can kind of do whatever you want um people have read some short stories i might actually read a short story tonight instead of a po- i have one poem new poem it's not a very good one but i mean i gotta write at least one a week you know but it's hard sometimes it's hard to know what to write about especially if i'm not around my inspiration when my inspiration is far from me, it is hard for me to come up with material. But I have been writing a lot of jokes, so yay, I wrote some new jokes this week. I feel good about that. All right, um, just kind of waiting for the link from Aaron Gannon and Andy Talbot, the co-hosts of Choose Poetry, Choose Life, coming at you from Glasgow, Scotland. I'm Pam Benjamin. I'm here in the studio at Mutiny Radio. Dot .fm in dot .sf, the Mission District. I have faith that the sun's going to come out today. It was pretty foggy and blah, 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 blah on my way over, but I did some excellent thinking, some really, really solid thinking today on the way over. Like, really, oof, feeling like Socrates over here. You know, Socrates never wrote anything down. He said, to know is to know nothing. And I get it, man. I've been having some pretty wild thoughts, and I should not be writing them down. I'm going to get us all in trouble. I know why you didn't write stuff down, bro. I've been to Greece. I've seen your pottery. I see what you did write down. Dear Lord, don't write that shit down. Some terrible thoughts I've been having lately. Isolation. Oof. Oof. Feels good. Learning. Okay. Um, we're gonna be right back. That was that was one of my sort of new jokes. I talked around it. Do you see how I did that? I made it seem like it was conversational, but it was really it was really a new joke that I'm writing. That's I'm that's a trick. It's pulling back the veil for you with comedy. You try to make it sound like a conversation. Like you just came up with it just now. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. How did how did that magician of words 
and timing do that? It's high noon. I'm high. We're going to be right back with some poetry. into the Zoom meeting. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you also that um, we are listening to Kope, the Japanese Bjork. I've, I've dubbed her that. That's not, no one else has said that. <laughs> Go give her money. Uh, she has so many uh, albums out there. And we're going to be right back. Aaron Gannon, I'm Andy Talbot. Choose poetry, choose life. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Dot SF. I'm your other host, Sam Benjamin. Coming up at two o'clock. Got a call from Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. That's going to be exciting. Yes. I'm a meeting launcher or something. Well, we'll wait for that. Um, here, I got, I can entertain us. I can entertain us. Crazy people. Of course I can entertain us. Kidding me? A uh, long, a long time ago, I wrote an embarrassing book. Uh, I called it Number Two. It's a collection of poop-length short stories. i uh, I used to, I used to do a fiction blog every day in the early days of MySpace. I was like, I'm a writer now, and so I wrote a lot of really mediocre short stories. And at the now I realize, you know how terribly mediocre I truly am. But at the time I was like, I'm so creative. I'm really doing it. I'm a writer. Um, anyways, it's a huge collection of these short stories. And uh, and they're all meant to be super entertaining and stuff. And let's see. And some of them are more true than others. And but they're all about basically, you know, something. Um, let's see. Today's theme is motorcycles for um, Aaron Gannett's thing. So let's see if I have anything about motorcycles in here. Uh, Bible Belt Bar, White Vans Attack in the Night, Boys Get Steak on the First Date. Um, some of them are just awful. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I even put these out for people to, to read. Um, okay, this is, this is funny. This is an absolutely true story, too. Uh, it's called Religion Can Kill You. So we're going to add two more to the Muslim group. Mouth scrunched, he tapped his pencil to his list with all seriousness. His pants were far too short and the argyle sweater matched his visible socks. 
I was trying not to stare at his bulbous man boobs, but the tightness of his sweater accentuated their glorious shape. I snuck into the meeting ten minutes late and didn't expect to be bombarded with religious commentary. It had been a rough morning with the cats. My shoes didn't match, and the wrinkled pants yanked from yesterday's dirty clothes. They smell cleanish, and my makeup wasn't on. I tossed my fuzzy pink pouch at clinking colorful tubes onto the table in the conference room, ready to apply without mirror during the meeting, when I was accosted by 30 sets of accusing eyes and questions. Do you want to be part of the solstice group? <laughs> now, I actually celebrate winter solstice. It's way more important to me than Christmas. I don't have anything against Christmas. I was a pretty serious zealot for 18 years of my life and can play a convincing Christian with my parents for Easter if I have to. But I'm a solstice celebrator with some wonderful traditions. Was I high? Had I chased the dragon minutes before, head down, hiding from the rent-a-cop in the parking lot behind my Lexus? This couldn't be real. I began to laugh hysterically on the inside. I don't work Saturdays. Eyes widened. Must cover. No, I'm I'm joking. I don't know I don't know what you're I don't know what we're talking about. We're having a Christmas party, but don't want to offend anyone. They were planning a politically correct Christmas, complete with Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Santa's Christmas, Jesus's Christmas, Shintoism, and Solstice. They planned little tables with cookies and coffee and information about the various holiday celebration as a thinly veiled cover for bringing in business. We did research, and the Buddhists don't have a holiday in December, so we think solstice would be better. Were they kidding? This is some colossal joke. I mean, it's a joke regardless, but Shintoism? Solstice? I was thrust into the solstice group and had to explain the traditions and history of the holiday. I wanted to share our tradition of dinner on the shortest day of the year and the annual chucking the baked potato into the canyon ritual, but I was thinking my pagan beliefs might piss off a Christian or two during the joyous holiday season. Some people are afraid of my tarot card readings. So being given the opportunity to espouse my holiday oddities to the larger public didn't appeal to me as much as you would think. This was the third hour-long meeting devoted to this, the silliest of topics, and I had actual work to do in the building. We all did. But chattering women hunkered down at tables discussing preparation for Jew cookies and Shinto rituals. What kind of cookies do Asians eat? The Christians wanted a Santa, candy canes, and a nativity. But some thought using the baby Jesus was a little too religious for the event. Keep the Christmas section to Twas the Night Before readings and presents and stockings. No Bible references, please. The actual Jews in the building were part of the Christmas group, and the born-again Christians were with the pagans, and I couldn't stop laughing. All right. So that's an old story I wrote. More of like a social commentary on the job that I had at the time, which I found fun and interesting. It's not. It was terrible. Gosh, somebody like messed with this and it's all wacky. It's all wackadoodle now. It's all wackadoodle now. Okay. I think this is supposed to start. Are we in? I pressed the Zoom room. Uh, it says launch meeting support. Tap to launch. I guess I'm Zoom. I guess I'm launching the meeting. 
Oh, there, here we go. Um, okay, here we go. Zoom success. I did it. Let's see if we figure it out today. Oh, yes. The host will let me in shortly. We're all here. And uh, yeah, so that was a story I wrote a long time ago. And I used to work at a, I used to work at a large furniture slash design store. And I was the visual merchandiser. So it was basically like a big dollhouse. But it was so silly, and they were. There was a. We were in the middle of, I guess, a recession, or nobody was buying anything. Whatever was happening, <laughs> and um, what a nightmare! True story that was. I couldn't stop laughing. It was so ridiculous. It was one of those things like meetings are so dumb. We had a meeting once about the concept of integrity. This is a room full of adults, and I'm like, we're seriously people need we need to there was a thief in the building it was uh i almost got fired because i was writing in a comedic way about the thief because nobody was doing anything about it so let's see if i can find another one worthy of reading uh, <laughs> that one's about cocaine I like this song. I mean, song. I like this. Uh, I like this this story. It's called Early Monday Morning. You don't get it. I want to kill people for money. It makes sense for me to kill people for money. Oh, I think I'm getting in. Never mind. Anyways, it's about, hey, hi, 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 hi. Call over internet. Hands. The man I can blow to cure the gate. Don't go below. Across Castle Yard, we cross the blue. Deliver the keys to the captain's room. Oh, there you go. That's, that's a bit, uh, a bit different. <laughs> so, guess so. Yeah. Thank you. That was awesome. I love that. I was totally spellbound. Oh, good. <laughs> What's going to happen next? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. And hello. Also, um, Pam is here now, who is our third co-host, and she will be hooking us up to Mutiny Radio, which is a pirate radio station in San Francisco. So we'll be being broadcast. So just FYI. Like, if we go around again, just know that your stuff will be being broadcast. Um, okay. So then let's go to, wait. Gotta have this up. 
Finn, you're next. I have asked to unmute you. Hello, I'd to unmute yourself. Hello. How we all do it? Okay. I'm just looking, I don't think I've got anything sweary tonight for a change. So. <laughs> Relaxing, no F words. I am trying to find. Okay, I have a couple of uh, relatively new ones. My screen moves. This one I wrote uh, the other day. Uh, some of you may have seen it. It's called um, Christopher Street. What does your brother know of your mind and how it works as you dress up in your finery and steal out into the night with painted nails and ocean hair? flouncing your performative femininity, sharing dances, furtive glances as you walk against the tide, confident in your pride, the right to be, the right to see, the things you want to see. Your brother lives in his own world, you and yours, but you can share the love of sport. One is not exclusive to the other. It's just your brother doesn't understand how a man can love a man. And even though he doesn't know, even though you can't quite get it, he doesn't mind, he doesn't care, because he is your brother. He will pick you up when the night is done, when the party is over, and you are red with invigoration. Even though he doesn't understand your situation, he will drive you home and make sure you're safe, because he is your brother. That's one. And the next one is, they're not doing any, any funny or uplifting stuff tonight, I'm afraid. This one, uh, somebody may have heard it because I did it uh, recently somewhere. And it's just called, it's got question mark, it's just called question mark. There's not a title for it. Where were you when I tried to call? Where were you when I started to fall? Where were you when I wanted to zoom? Where were you to brighten my gloom? Where were you when I wanted to mend? Where were you when I crashed on the bend? Where were you when I wanted fresh flowers? Where were you in my loneliest hours? Where were you on my birthday with a card? Where were you when my day was so hard? Where were you when my coffee ran out? Where were you? when I gave you a shout? Where were you when I had sores in my mouth? Where were you when everything was going south? Where were you when I couldn't get out of bed? Where were you to ease my sore head? Where were you when I needed fresh water? Where were you when I started to falter? Where were you to give me a smile? Where were you? It's been a long while. Where were you to help wash my clothes? Where were you? Too busy, I suppose. Where were you when it started to rain? Where were you to help ease my pain? Where were you to help mow the grass? Where were you? I'm afraid to ask. Where were you when I needed a friend? And where were you as it started to end? You're here now with others I see, saying kind words about little old me, 
you watch as they lower me in the ground. But when I needed you, you were never around. Where were you? That's my do for just now. Thank you. I feel guilty after hearing that. <laughs> Wait a minute, I don't know what you're talking about. That's all right. <laughs> I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? Anyways, I was right there. Anyways. I'll maybe find a cheerier one for the next bit. Never is that true? Like when like whenever you're around and something's been stolen, like you feel I does that happen to you? Like I always feel like I stole it even though I didn't have any I didn't have shit to do with it. <laughs> I do no, I didn't. I swear. Comes <laughs> from the nuns. Know what they do. Um, anyways, whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks, Finn. <laughs> How did your thing go on Sunday? I'm sorry that I it went. Fucking amazing. Ask everyone. Well, most people here were there. It was good, wasn't it? Well, that was really good. Um, and I've already got, I only put the other one up about three o'clock on Sunday morning, Monday morning, and I've got 29 people already wanting to read at it from, I, you know me, I harass people. I send out, you want to do it, you want to do it, you want to do it. I'm my own self-publicitist. Uh, yeah, so I've got people doing it. Uh, that uh, That's great. And again, what I liked it, like I did, on Sunday, it was I get a lot of people from up here, people that's never Zoomed before, people that's never read the work before. Right. And I've got a couple more doing that on uh, a couple of weeks' time and the next one as well, which is which is pretty cool, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so I think our, I think is next is, oh no, it's AJ. AJ, how are you doing? Are you ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is, uh, it's a new one I wrote just this week, just a couple of days ago, actually. Um, and I'm just pulling it up now. So yeah, I, I have to take citalopram. And um, one of the things that I've found during this lockdown and everything is that um, my sleep schedule is a bit screwed up uh, because I um, I I'm sleeping at odd times and because I usually take the citalopram before I go to uh, to bed um, I'm sometimes sleeping at times when it's worn off and this is a poem about that lie down for a nap another apocalypse unfolds behind my eyes probably means it's time I took my SSRIs. It seems like every time I'm running low on serotonin, my brain becomes an IMAX remake of the omen. I pop my pills and think of how these used to be less frequent. These days, they're almost every night and matinees at weekends, unless I keep my doses to a regular schedule, which frankly, I have never been able to do. I used to have them long before the pills, of course, that's true, and they always preceded catastrophe by a day or two. One before September 11th, one before the war, one before the 7-7 bomb, etc. That's crazy talk. And anyway, they cannot be predictive anymore. Disasters now come daily by the score. And 
second one I'm going to do, I'm just trying to find it now. There's been a lot of discussion recently in the UK about the Empire and about history and about how we shouldn't apologise for things and all the rest of that nonsense. And uh, and I think we should, to be honest. I think there are, there are things we should apologise for. So this is a poem called History. You tell me that I should be angry when the cheap bronze hits the water. You tell me that this is my heritage. I disagree. My heritage is coal fields, council houses, Irish immigration. My heritage is Peterloo and Orgreave and the Beanfield, not the coffee shops where slave traders sold men for sugarcane and took bets on the Chevalier d'Anne's gender. And yet, in a way, you're right. Just as Orwell said the British working classes dealt with the empire by pretending that it wasn't there, so what drippings of the national prosperity that filter down to me came down by way of the enormity that made this country what you think is great. That is my inheritance. I own it. But I never got to choose who goes on plinths. That statue was paid for by men who grew rich on the Weirgeld. We paid them for freeing their slaves, a tax we were paying till 2015. The obscenity of compensating owners over those they owned. A British answer to a British problem. Servile self-congratulation, as if we bought slaves just to manumit them. Read the history we teach in schools, you'd think that true. I was 40 when I found out who we paid, who we abandoned, and I learned it from a book and not a statue. Let the cheap bronze hit the water, let a thousand statues fall. Let us look our history squarely in the face once and for all. And that's me. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. I'm talking, my mic's muted, whatever, blah. Hello, can you guys hear me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I read, I think I read the poem about the SSRIs on your Facebook page, or maybe you read it on Saturday. It's definitely SSRIs and the way they affect us is, I think, gold mine material. Um, okay, so actually next we can have Generalissimo. I don't know. I'm asking him to unmute. Hi. Uh, so, sorry. Oh, I turned off my camera. <laughs> okay, I'm 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 all over the place. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. Okay, can, you, can you hear me fine? I can. Okay. okay, so let's start with my latest poem, which is called Our Pandemic Face Masks, Modern Day Third Eyes. When people wear pandemic masks, their eyes are reborn. When people wear pandemic masks, their eyes speak volumes for their hidden muffled mouths. When people wear pandemic masks, their eyes tell stories that expose unexposed truths. When people 
wear pandemic masks. The sun's glare etches its intentions into people's dispositions. When people wear pandemic masks, they see strangers' souls in Crayola-colored irises that confound their sensibilities. When people wear pandemic masks, a simple wink sounds like an angry foot stomp. When people wear pandemic masks, a pair of raised eyebrows feels like a one-two karate kick in the face. When people wear pandemic masks, they are transformed into mild-mannered luchadors. When people wear pandemic masks, they pretend every day is not Halloween. When people wear pandemic masks, they wait in long lines for open-air breaths. When people wear pandemic masks, they decide to breathe tomorrow. When people wear pandemic masks, they breathe, they see, they cannot hide their eyes. Thank you. I guess it becomes a bit of a tongue twister after saying it so many times. Boy, okay. Number two is, you know what? I think I'm just going to go with a bunch of haikus for number two. And uh, try to get up on this page. Bear with me one second. There's a lot of them. So there's a bunch of haikus in three different subject matters. Subject matter A is about haikus and poetry. One, how many haiku does it take to screw in a light bulb? No one knows. Two, how many haiku does it take to put a man in a straitjacket? Three, if you eat haiku, you will grow a syllable which can be useful. Four, if you tell haikus long enough and loud enough, you turn into one. Five, a haiku-holic always says stuff in groups of five, seven, and five. Six, there ain't nothing like a good old-fashioned haiku except a bad haiku. Seven, thou shalt not forsake individuality for thy poetry. Eight, certain expired words can only be used in poems and crossword puzzles. Subject matter B, because life, one, the meaning of life is not about breathing, but deciding to breathe. Two, cynicism is an acquired attitude. No one is born that way. Three, optimism is more than just an idea. It can be mantra. Four, embrace your crazy. Who you are is who you are. You are human. And subject matter C, possibly entertaining and interesting thoughts. One, would Hasselhoff have made an apt TV Tarzan in his younger years? Two. Taxes stress me out. Filing is a effing bitch. F the IRS. I can't use that word, right? Um, three, grilled cheese sandwiches are ooey, gooey, stretchy little addictions. Four, I have used up all my AAA calls this year, leaving my lights on. Five, I had a strange dream. I fell asleep at the wheel and had a strange dream. Six, LASIK surgery is too expensive for me, thus reading glasses. Seven, the winter snow melts, revealing all of debris, rake, 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 mo, mo. Eight, she paints others' skin. For those without a birthmark, she will give you one. And finally, number nine, Bababaluba is an old flower sack bunny from the Goodwill store. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah Lisa Bo. I will tell you about 
Bubba Baluba is a real person. <laughs> that made me want to write a haiku about Susu Studio, which we were discussing, I think, last week. But anyways, just like the nonsense words. <sighs> Wait, how many haikus was that blast? That was like a kamikaze haiku. I want to say, I want to say it was 21. <laughs> 21 was haikus? 21. Damn. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I went crazy one, one day writing haikus. I don't know how, when that happened, but it was several years ago and I found the file of them what? and I thought, eh. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Holly, uh, what do you think? Ready to go? Okay. Uh, muting you. Hi. Hi. Um, Holly. Oh, Christ. Get rid of that. Um, so I have four to read tonight, if that's okay. Um, they're all sort of, I've written them all in the last sort of week or so. And I'll just read them in the order that I wrote them. Um, so the first one is called um, A Trip to the Dentist. The procedure after a tooth extraction is to wait 24 hours, then rinse your mouth with warm salt water. It cleanses the wound and minimizes the risk of infection. I wonder if there is a similar procedure for after the extraction of a marriage. How long does a root that grew 15 years deep, sorry, how long for a root that grew 15 years deep? Rinse well with tequila, perhaps. Soothe with someone else's lips, someone else's touch, someone else's genitals new and unfamiliar sexual proclivities. Why, for me, does dental trauma always seem to go hand in hand with the marital kind? Is it karma? Am I being punished? If that's the case, then he's long overdue a trip to the dentist. That's the first one. Thank you. Um, the next one that I'm going to read is called Guilty Pleasures. Oh, if I can get my computer to work. There we go. Um, I sit here and eat this chocolate sponge. Thick ganache melted in the microwave. 36 seconds, just long enough. My silver fork slices through. Always tastes, tastes better eaten that way. The richness and sweet taste fill my mouth. And I think about you. Our sweet stolen moments. The taste of your lips. The bite. Your hands. The way I melted in the microwave heat of your car took less than 36 seconds that time. This cake is not a guilty pleasure. I refuse to feel guilt for eating food, however pleasurable. But you, another basic human need, greater pleasure even than the cake, just. Are you guilty? I suppose if you weren't, we wouldn't be keeping this a secret, would we? That's the second one. Uh, hang on. Um, so the next one I'm going to read off my phone. Apologies, I haven't typed it up properly yet. It's called Ghost. I lie in this empty bed, reliving it, like time travel, like a ghost. I can, I think I can still smell you on my pillow, but it's a ghost scent. 12 hours is too long to linger, except in my memory. My head in the crooks of your shoulder, your arm around me as we shared our secrets. My lips on your neck, the noise you made, the taste of my name on your tongue. 
your hands on my hips, you inside me, the tug of my hair, the taste of the pillowcase. It's all just time travel, ghost memories, and I am left unsatisfied. Thank you. And the last one I'm going to read is called Wonderland. Uh, again, if I can get my computer to... There. She falls too fast, like Alice down the rabbit hole, chasing a bunny. Soft and sweet, but perpetually late. Never enough time in the day. His red queen would chop off her head. What did she expect when he said, drink me? And she did. A fatherless child raised by a mad hatter, tea parties and changing places. Now stability feels boring. Is it any wonder she can't sit still and she doesn't know who to trust? As a child, she had a recurring nightmare of that floating cat bearing down on her with its insidious grin, escape impossible. Now, any man could be a Jabberwocky. She must develop better instincts and learn to rely on herself. That's it, that's me done. Thank you. Thank you for reading Spirit Hogs. Um, oh wow, you muted yourself quickly. <laughs> um, okay, so I am next. Um, I don't, that's true, right? We haven't had anybody come in. No. Okay, so um, because uh, school is starting soon <laughs> uh, and I've got to start collapsing various activities, um, I'm going to be reading a lot of stuff like kind of new or reworked shit from my um, dissertation project. So uh, it's going to be a lot about the band and hopefully like I'll be road testing some stuff where like it'll have music and I'll like be like singing and reciting poems and playing guitar and crap like that or whatever kind of like that stuff I did with the tambourine yeah um okay so this is a, a long seat like of sort of a big series in the middle of the um like I guess I should say for people who don't know I'm writing a long form poem slash rock opera about the adventures of a band a country band so um this is like kind of one long vignette in the middle of the of the play or the whatever like the poem where the band goes on tour the hardest working band in tahoe prelude invited back to the Cali california frontier for the third time that year our heroes in demand strung loose oiled well tuned tightly together by ear swelling gelling ballooning floating bloating into grand their songs played in dive bar jukeboxes. Drinks were named after Mama Frez. They smugged over Donner Pass, egos melting the springtime snows as fans waited in Nevada for the first of the weekend's shows. Underneath, we all know that desire, once filled, eats itself and leaves a hole. But hope's always against hope and hope's a liar. So they thought they could rock, rock and stomp away everything the music threw in their way.
the hardest working down in Tahoe, chapter one. Thank you. Okay, so this goes with like an email that was sent to the drummer. Chris, yes, I got this email. I'll just leave Friday morning with you and the rest of the skids can figure out their own shit. Don't worry, Mama Fres has got you covered. Sorry, I couldn't resist, I'm hungover. I'll get a van so we got something that can fit your kid in and there is totally money to give you from the last Tahoe show should you need it. There will also be money from this trip. You have several options. You can allow, just allow me to float you or you can take your share of the Tahoe money. I'd keep most of the money except gas and stuff because I figure we need it to make a record or buy a tour van or something. We may be making a record, but $100 won't make that big a diff. Call me on Thursday and we'll set up a time. It was a delicate operation, a, miss a mission for Mama Frez only. The boys didn't know and would have fucked up the plan. I lined it up real nice, the minivan, the party favors and cash. I paid it out from our bank, no choice but to gamble. Please don't leave us, I can feel you leaving. I trapped him politely for the trip up to the mountains. I drove on his timeline. I got him high, played his music, all velvet. Oh, there was talk of good times past and bands we both knew and stories of multiple lovers that shows. He talked about tours and record deals and how he knew what he didn't know. In Auburn, I gave him 300 bills and my pep talk was more theory than fact. Please don't leave, I can feel you leaving me. My stomach turned acid trying to weave the exact right spell, a precise glamour. The balance, pure respect for my elder, a bit of boss lady and a whole bunch of hidden little fucking sister. Please stay with me, big brother. Please stay and help me. Herd these kids into a band. It will all be for nothing. My baby star collapsed into a black hole. Please don't go. You won't ever buy another beer. Please just give me another fucking year. Please don't go. Here is $300 and a joint. Um, okay, and then I'll just do the hardest working band in Tahoe, chapter two. Oh. A proper stage to play for the night was a fine thing. It was Friday night's opening fling. Always all of us strutted through the door, pulling oh so weary faces, lugging gear in both hands. Hey, who do we talk to, ma'am? We're the band. This place had been called the Bucket of Blood, and when we opened on that C chord, we were six feet off that floor. Always, for all of us, the first set creaked. We put our safe songs there, nothing more, played while preoccupied, a deep background score. For the second set, we drank too much beer, lonesome, ornery, and mean, but swabbling to a sore. The ski bunnies brightened the old bucket of blood, calling out for Toby Keith and Faith Hill, cries we'd ignore. The California mountains graved thieves and whores, and we were amongst them that night in the rafters, drinking with bikers, praying to our masters. The frat bros pumped their fists and tried to sing. They knew no wailing words, but we still worked them to a roar. Still killing on stage in a place they used to call Bucket of Blood, we felt like we were never meant to be anywhere else for sure. That night we shook the dead miners' ghosts from the floor. And that is... So far, the hardest working pants in top. <laughs>
Okay. Um, I guess we maybe should take a break now, or do you want to go Andy and Pam and then do another round? No, I'm still right. Okay. Do you want to take a break now? Yeah, if we could actually. Yeah. Okay, that's fine with me. <laughs> okay, cool. So we'll come back at nine. Yeah, that works. That should give okay. us enough time. To get Is that cool for everybody? Cool. And I will unmute everybody. And I will oh, pull oh, us out of the feeds so that no one has to worry and then we can about talk. what they're saying. You can talk about whatever you want. Yay. Talk about whatever you want. You're not plugged in anymore. I just am over here. So you are listening to Mutiny Radio. We're going to come right back in 15 minutes with Choose Poetry, Choose Life here in San Francisco, California. We are Zooming live with Glasgow, Scotland, and beyond. I'm going to play some Mutiny Radio commercials, and then we'll be right back with more poetry. I've got all kinds of stuff today. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Take a break from the social isolation and come out to All Jokes, the daytime outdoor comedy show. September 5th, September 5th in Bayview on Saturday, August 20th, September 5th, September 5th, where Drea Myers hosts a super funny lineup of comedians. Grab some brick oven pizza and enjoy the show in an outdoor courtyard with plenty of room to be physically distanced. See you soon at All Good Pizza for this tremendous outdoor comedy show at 1605 Gerald Avenue in the Bayview. That's all jokes at Good Pizza with Drea Myers, Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> my name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And 
invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Italian, and we brought you Fascismus with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering Nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at AnalogSubmission.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um, what, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. 
Why did we do this? Why, why are we <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, move it, bitch, move it, bitch. And, uh, and uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it, you know. I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys. Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing, despite of their size. Please. Please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio GoFundMe and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. L-S-D, fap, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you, that song is called Acid and Fapping. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. in a mere five minutes we're talking about on the zoom how the isle of man is 90 days covid free nobody on the island has covid that's fantastic uh 
So I'm here, Pam Benjamin, your host of the AltaCast. We have Choose Poetry, Choose Life with Erin Gannon and Andy Talbot. Love Erin Gannon's work today with her dissertation, The Hardest Working Blues Band in Tahoe. Hilarious, wonderful, great poetry, rock opera. Super excited about it. And her project and her dissertation and her PhD and all of that. Um, we just had our commercial for Andy Talbot's new book, Old Wounds, New Skin. Go check that out. Buy a copy on analogsubmission.com. Go get that. His poetry book. Pam Benjamin hanging out every Friday. We have a socially distanced outdoor comedy show that I hope that you join us for at 7 o'clock here at 2781 21st Street and Florida Street in deep, deep mission of San Francisco. Coming up at 2 o'clock, I've got some Call Me Tim with Latoya the Sheriff of Truth calling in. Give me the news. Tell me what's going on in the world. And then I don't know what's happening at 3 o'clock. I have faith that something cool will happen. No problem. I'm really excited about the poetry. I'm excited about my work today. Um, I'm excited about everybody else's work. I, I love I love this weekly weekly thing that we do together. It's great. Mutiny Radio. Hey, support us. Please go to our GoFundMe and help keep us alive in COVID times. Please, please, please. Mutiny Radio, GoFundMe. Throw some money in there. Or, hey, just Venmo me directly at Mutiny Radio. All one word, lowercase. Join our Instagram, even though I suck at Instagram, and our Facebook. Find out what's going on with outdoor shows and cool stuff here in San Francisco. Go to the All Good Pizza show on September 5th. It's outdoors at All Good Pizza in the Bayview. And that's hosted by Drea Myers. She's a queen. And I believe that they're going to be doing some outdoor shows at Milk Bar as well, produced by Drea Myers. Uh, She's a great local comedian and producer. Getting it done. Big shout out to David Dominguez, who's been running the Fairyland Mike's Outdoors. And anyone else who's been doing that, I really appreciate the stage time. But please come to Mutiny Radio on Fridays, 7 o'clock. Okay. Uh, We're going to be right back. They're talking about Island Man. They do a great motorcycle race every year. Uh, Island Man. Super cool stuff. All right.
<laughs> are, are Aaron and Andy back? <laughs> I am. Or just, oh, there you are. Oh, All right. <laughs> Their yeah. picture's really cute today um, with like the little Japanese thing. And the, oh, thanks. The little... um, I'm just printing something off to read. Um, Aaron said something about is she there? Is Aaron around? Um, let's have a look. Yes, she is. Okay. I heard a kitty. A kitty's here. Oh yeah, that's um, that's mine. I'm just uh, I'm just gonna go oh, the sort kitty. the cow. I'll just be two minutes. <laughs> so did we just want to go back through the list? Well, Leslie hasn't went yet. So. Aaron, your rock opera is awesome and it is so i it is so visual and so great and so new and different and so fun and the multimedia stuff in the middle with the with like the email everything i was like i can't wait what a great project what an incredible dissertation because it's like an awesome project that's going to blow their minds and that you can use in the future for like realsies or whatever like you could totally produce this it's so cool so. Well, the crappy thing is I'm, I'm supposed to be getting judged on an actual stage production of it, but now we have no idea, like, whether or not that's going to go uh, ahead. So I don't, like, know if I have to rework my entire, like, PhD well, proposal. You know, you could almost, you could almost oh, wow. do it like a behind-the-music, like a covid thing where, like, they were doing different, <laughs> where they, like, zoomed in or something and they had, like, their yes. parts. Zoom <laughs> opera. So is, it, is that too meta? It's like so meta that it's <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just like ah. But anyways, um. Okay. Well, so we're we should be coming back from break now. So I'm gonna mute everybody except for Leslie, who will be reading next. One second. That's it, Leslie. Are you unmuted? Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, okay cool. Um, okay, this one is called Plenty. Inscribed by language, tattooed by love, the pause deepens and waits. Where is the promised freedom, the release? The cat's paw behind the barred window tentative checks for passages out. Cautious, still yet not broken or gone, the rain signals the release. It chooses another escape and waiting checking the sky for signs of rain, scouring the clouds for symbols, this or that. What meaning the colored red assigns and banishes all 
replaced by thoughtless blue. Is there the moment of going, the moment sunk like a stone in the well of abject stain? Why the feet ground like roots going down, infiltrate the soil, cling and cloying, see the four directions and travel underground? Perhaps I travel that way and not in the sky above water, sinuous as a root system growing underground, travel deep and far, forgiving the earth which softens and allows my passage, the root system seeking water, the pool of resistance that deepens the well of souls like you, the sisters smiling, aunties, the hands that work sure and steady, the faces deep, the ocean of kindness, the faces of familiars who say, we know, traveling to the well to meet you, who am I to say I know that we all seek light is enough. That's the first one. Okay, so here's another one. It's called The Air of Idea. To remain silent is to be riddled by thought, pockmarked by the desire to speak, to let it in, in human form, the great elongated exhale of idea, taking form as matter and action, the heated energy of shape that words take, I will construct thought as the monuments of my being. I will instruct the hazel wand, the extension of my body in human form to lightly play across the air before me, describing me as form, chasing down the wind, hurried ahead of me now, dancing and joyous, preparing for me this path I will walk, to create the magic of idea to idea, to idea of me receiving and me extending, and traveling with this as the carrier from the source to the source, to the source to pass on, to pass on to you as air touching, which touches you gently. I am safe, protected, moving in the air as idea. And then the last one called Four Walls. Four walls, I have come home to a space, not an idea. The space answers my call, gives me comfort. The idea, the opposite, and unsettles with its vision of too much, asking the walls to be a cathedral, a city, a carnival, a receptacle of all that is the best and holy when it is not. It is only four walls and it, this idea of space, is only what I put there and fits at the time, nothing else. And at night, after the hurried thought of day, I lay down my body on the humble bed which holds me, supports me as I sleep, and the pillow which nests my overhead, overheated head and allows me the release of substance of this form which hold me during the day, of which I am captive and at night safely held in my bed, I travel above this, my home of four walls, glittering a star in the night sky, released only nothing, being nothing but that I am, the me that I am, pure vision, seeing in the rarefied air. That's all. Rarefied air, yay, rarefied air. Thank you so much, Cutsy. All right, so I guess we start over. Myra, do you want to go? Okay. Um, 
Right. One or two. Two. Pardon? <laughs> two. <laughs> two. Right. Um, I'll do another history one. Uh, right. This one is. Um, it's about. It's based on an actual historical event. Uh, in 1787, the Manx fishing fleet, um, herring fleet, got um, badly wrecked in a storm. And on the Alamant, herring are also known as kings of the sea. So that's the name of this poem, The Kings of the Sea. The shoals of herring, the kings of the sea, called and took my man from me. As autumn balanced between dark and light, from midnight storm, fishing fleet took flight. The day was fair when they came to shore, holds full of plenty, emptied, then sailed for more. But the sea soon wore a different face, southeastern storm towards them raced, wild waves rising, crashing, against rocks dashing, black clouds lowering, glowering, lightning flashing, blinded by the storm's fierce spray, the fleet sought shelter in Douglas Bay. Search for the light that saves, the light that warns of dangers hidden by dark and storms. But Douglas Lighthouse stood no more, brought down by gales the year before. Now on fallen stones atop a pole, hung a single lamp to save men's souls. Until one ship in its frantic haste laid that fragile hope to waste. It struck the rocks, the light flew free, then fell into tumultuous sea. The beacon lost neath raging foam, they could not guide the sailors home. Yet still they strove and still they fought, but against tempest teeth, men's will is naught. We stood on the shore, what? could not save our loved ones from their watery grave. We raised our lanterns to the sky. They only called our men to die. So go seek the herring, catch the kings of the sea, but on September 21st, keep your boats at their birth and remember me. That was awesome. There we go. And that's... Uh, pretty much what happened at the um, at the thing and then for the other one uh, I'll do I'll do a Manx this is a yeah here we go uh, this is Manx cat Manx cat rap my very my one and only attempt at any form of rap I'm a Manx feline, cat so fine, sublime. My behind tailors never fail to impress. I confess the rest overdress. I'm flawless, not clawless. Manx awesomeness in no doubt. I shout out, ball out, cat a wall out. I'm a Manx feline, cat so fine, I shine all the time. The great hunter ain't no wonder. Pray I jump and tear asunder. Mice I plunder and I slaughter. Run for cover, hiding under planks and lumber. That's a blunder, that won't save em, cause I crave em. Shockwave claw em and I gnaw em. 
I'm a Manx feline. Cats so fine on long tails I dine. That's R-A-T to you, not me. Can't say that word, rounded cat word. It's a bad word on the island. But I find them and I grind them into dust there. Ain't the bluster, just a thunder as I massacre rodent clusters. Tailless wonder how they fear me, won't come near me. I'm a Manx feline cat so fine. Manx feline so fine. hip-hop rhythm <laughs> it's a little more playful than that right. i feel like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so much. wow like what a con both like you've achieved such contrast in both your readings like, <laughs> random crap. that's awesome Thanks. um whoa sorry my feet are being attacked um stop it oh my god okay <laughs> um <laughs> i think next is finn I'm Luked. Okay, I'm going to do something different too. Um, if I can find it, got one here. Ah, yeah, this is this is a really, really old one. I can't remember if I wrote this one 20, 30 odd years ago, and it is literally, yeah, it's called The Man Who Couldn't Wink. You think it was such a simple task if I was to ask you to close one eye? Any eye, and leave the other one open. This is called winking, not blinking, as some unthinking person might think. But I know a man, when asked, cannot perform this simple task. Cannot, not will not, because, but cannot close one eye, neither left nor right. Try as he might, and leave the other one open. Not even a fraction, nor by distraction, therefore I think. No, therefore, you see, the man that cannot wink is me. I genuinely can't wink. <laughs> and I have, yeah, this, I don't know if I've done this, but this is a modern historical poem. Um, and it almost makes this era seem like, uh, the era I'm going to write about seem like Christmas, actually. It's called 31120. Uh, it's, it's about Brexit, <laughs> the day that uh, it was supposed to be Brexit, 31120. It's here, the last day, the day we take back what's ours. But what is ours? The fish we catch? But who will buy it? The fields we farm? But who will pick it? We'll work it. The fruit we grow? But who will pick it? The sick we tend? But who will nurse them? The hotels we sleep in, but who will clean them? The list is endless, but it's our list. The shelves are empty, but it's our shelves. The pills are missing, but it's our pills. The rich get richer, but it's our rich. The poor get poorer, but it's our poor. The flights get cancelled, but it's our flights. The light stays on, our light. The light Europe will keep aflame, keep burning until the time is right. Because, as of now, your rights are gone. Our rights, our human rights, our travel rights, our health rights, our welcome rights. It's just not right. But it's our wrong. 
Thank you. See what you did there. Yeah. That was great. Touch me. Yeah. Um, can you hear me though, yeah? Yes, I can hear you. Alright, sweet. Cool. Um, yeah, so I literally wrote this um, in like the last hour. Um, so bear with me, it's probably a bit rough. Um, yeah, I don't really get well. I'm just going to read it. Um, Everything you see here is a lie, staged, nothing more than a show, all of it fiction. Take the guitar, for example, you can't see it, but it's there. It's leaning there, up against the fireplace. It looks good, right? Looks intentional. It is, in some ways, and it isn't in others. I intentionally put it there when I stopped playing it about four months ago, and it hasn't moved since. Those lights are never on until, of course, the meeting begins. Nothing more than discarded Christmas decorations nailed to the walls of an empty room that served no purpose until I moved in. Until I moved in, all of the walls were plastered with the faces of people I've never met, fans I don't listen to, and places I've never been. Memories upon memories that don't belong to me. So I covered them all up as best I could. Even the clothes that I'm wearing now are for sure. Hell, half of them aren't even mine. They don't belong to me. Better yet, 10 minutes before we went live, I was sat on the floor contemplating to read or not to read, to sleep or not to sleep what to read. I don't even know if I could have slept, but I guess you all know what I decided. <laughs> Thanks. I fucked it up a bit, but yeah, something like that. Yay! That's me. Yay! Right on. <laughs> yeah, I guess a, I a, poem, a poem about feeling somewhat exposing and being naked is good to do fresh after you do it. Um, I think it's just like, so, <laughs> Sorry. I don't know, it's like, um, so I'm, I'm doing a Crossing the Time Fest um, on Sunday, I should bloody remember because I need to be there, um, mm -hmm. and it's obviously been ages since I've performed like live live, so I think I'm having like imposter syndrome and stuff, like, um, so yeah, I don't know, and then I just thought about that and all of this. I mean, really, it's not for sure. It's just, it looks pretty. That's why I've done it. And mm -hmm. these are really nice jeans, so that's why I'm wearing them. But, you know, I just I'm thought I'd look into it and take a bit of a weird look at it. I've been totally admiring them. Um, very, it's also, very, like, this, sort of I, I, have, I have no idea whose this is, but I found <laughs> it in one of the rooms here, and now it's mine, and it's so comfy. And, yeah, I love it. 
Right, anyway, let's crack on. Let's be professional. Okay. Um, Pam. Hey. Oh, I, I really enjoyed Mommy. I really enjoyed Mommy. that uh, I really enjoyed that that poem. That this this intentional, unintentional guitar that's at the right corner. I think about clothes all the time too, that like it's weird that we can buy a persona like like if I want to be a skater chick, I can go out and get that outfit and be that. Or if I want to be, you know, a pretentious poet, I can get gloves that are too pretentious <laughs> for this poem. Or there's all of these things that we can, you know, we we can play all these different roles and, and consumerism just helps us out so much. Uh, in in doing that okay so I have weird I have a weird smattering of stuff today I've been writing just some weird uh, I don't know what's happening um I've been responding to like I've been reading all my old texts so I just read Virginia Woolf's Room of One's Own again and then I was like let's respond to that or whatever uh so feminism yay okay this is called Rooms May Be Simple women somehow mix together light and illusion Fiction, a sketch of sex and two questions on money precede lips here now and how. Lay it out, all your shirked prejudices crumpled near the waste paper basket, sky and bridge and burning. Don't trouble yourself with thought. Carefully put it back, slipping the fish into liberty. Faith is over, preserved in manuscripts, Baptismal sorrow tried to stop bees in the chapel. I cried for 300 years, affection and horror and music. I will never wake again. Putty and drain, cement and dig, a reason will come. Okay. Uh, here's one. This is about a one-night stand. Whoopity-doo, which... I don't even know if you can have one night stands in COVID times. Like, is anybody doing that anymore? They're like, ooh, I'm going to wear a mask, and that's boring. Uh, this is called One Night. Wham, wham, pow, pow, land on my feet. Where are my clothes? Morning has a perverse light. The sky thinks it's funny. Dignity in heels. What is the surface of things? Coffee cup comes stain. Out, damn spot. I look up at you and say, names are not important, just someone to follow under the moon. All right, that's depressing. Okay. Uh, here's one that I don't even necessarily know what it means. Uh, it's called Any Final Words. Paint us some magical realism. An old, dirty man with wings sleeping in the chicken coop, an angel near death, in some far-off river filled with crabs, a theme of self-defeat, the hunger artist, a pure conceptualist, figuratively starving. His purity is his boredom, the spiritual abstract. Your mom is concerned. She sent four letters, there's not much to say, really, about the weather in Danville. Is anyone here the conundrum superhero? The windswept painter misunderstood by mankind? The high culture fascist at the symphony complaining of the virtuosity in creation? A burlesque of culture, 
beads and riots and pasties slapped onto high art, violins, ballet slippers, the new masterpiece. Uh, I'll do two quick, one more, two, two more that are super quick, and then that's it for me today. Uh, this one's called Morning After. Another, like, mm, I'm revisiting, well, yeah, I'm, I, I, I went through a breakup, and it wasn't a bad breakup, it was fine, but it's been like five months now, and what a dummy I am. Who breaks up, like, right before a pandemic, where there's no <laughs> options anywhere? Okay, uh, this is called Morning After. My reputation is a tinfoil airplane, rushed and tempted by the wind. My mother's reasoning, torn into pieces of skin, falling splatters of loose divinity, carve me like a pig. My weapon is a pillowcase, filled with February and sky. The morning of crime hides under this bed. The smell of damage furrowed into naked tulips and paper birds. Little messages of dried repentance dump their cargo around this loss. Here I am, they whisper, and snow sweeps the courtyard. Okay, last one. It's short. It's called In the Attic, and it's sort of loosely based on, um, uh, you know, before, just stop, stop for death. You quietly stop for me. He wasn't up for dinner, an immortality. Oh, Emily Dickinson. Because she was like in an attic her whole life or something. Because she was all like an invalid or whatever. I was like, what? Uh, in the attic. I need some worldly trans, or I need some wordly. I need some wordly transport. A chariot of pauses. To escape the ghostly apparition of the wizened woman upstairs, the poetic ghoul hidden in the attic, writing a ballad to death. Hark, I am a cinema star on a stricken landscape, pouting at the funeral under the pressure of after. Please move my heart a little to the left so we can talk about my soul. Two springs ago, before sex was a weapon, Accidental brilliance spewing onto the wall, shattering the mirror with teeth. Okay, that's me today. Yay! Yay! Indeed, yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was going to tell you not to shoot your wad all at the beginning because we might go again, but that's all right. You can shoot your wad. And break the mirror with your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I think it needs like a word before teeth, though. And break the mirror with something. And not like sharp, like a weird word. Like, um, I don't know. You know something teeth. You feel like they're sizzling when you, when you take acid. Oh, my God. Like with sizzling teeth? Oh, fuck. That's good. Sizzling teeth. <laughs> Like they're little pop rocks. Like my teeth are actual pop rocks. Isn't that weird? It's like it's weird. Don't anyways, whatever. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Good like image. A, a phenomenon. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure if I have it used it somewhere, but whatever. Um, guess who's next? You AJ. are. Okay, so during the break, uh, we were talking about um lipstick being poisonous 
And I have a poem about that. And I'm going to do that second because I also have another poem about makeup, um, which I'm going to do first. This is called Becoming an Image, um, which is named after a performance art piece, which is done by um, an artist called Heather Castles, which I advise you to look up, which is basically a piece in which Heather Castles um, beats up a lump of clay until it's completely destroyed. Um, and I've been fascinated with this piece for a long time. And the clay kind of reminds me of foundation. And that's where this starts. When I apply foundation, I shun sponges, get my fingers wet and smear the clay directly on my face, blending with strokes both light and heavy until I have primed the surface for shadow, blusher, the red infill of the lips, the smirking challenge of a smoothly rendered brow. These are the choices artists make of medium and tools and self as medium, the way we best make use of limitation. We have learned the craft of painting faces, got the knowledge down into the muscle of our hands. A man who boldly slaps oil to the canvas with the bare tips of his fingers would be thought a daring artist. But when we perform the same act on our faces, it's dismissed as mere frippery, as feminine, as faggotry. The Pollock pose is only open to the kind of guys who blackout drunk, point their Lacanian index at the lino and unleash a stream of tepid coppery piss. We are thought miniaturist, unacademic, Ours is not a history of art. And if we do decide to go as bold as Fovists, we are told we look like clowns or drag queens. We are feminine until the point where what we make begins attracting notice as deliberate, as willed. At which point, if we're lucky, someone asks us who decided on our look. And that's the first one. And this is the second one, which is, I, I wrote this, the title for this is just something that after I'd written the poem, I saw this as a headline in something. And I just thought it doesn't really have a massive connection to the poem, but the headline was pollution will wipe out pink dolphins. So I just used that. They say that lipstick poisons over time. You ingest trace elements of present minerals and in an average life, consume enough to kill. The clues, an average life. The three score years and 10 and lethal dose run each other vanishingly close. And if you have to die, why not die pretty? Though funeral homes have makeup of their own in near geisha quantities to tart up the deceased, and so mortician's hands will wipe off your foundation and mascara, de-blush you to impose more lurid rouge. You may as well make sure your lips are tinted for the final scene. You're worth it, after all. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> Don't hate you because you're beautiful. Do you remember that commercial? Did you guys have that? Oh, you're muted, babe. I've heard it referenced in things. Oh! The, the advert itself. 
Yeah, like it was Kelly LeBrock. Do you remember her? She was in Weird Science. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember. Yeah, yeah, song. yeah. It was her. <laughs> it was her in the commercial, and she was just all pouty, like, don't hit me because I'm beautiful. <laughs> so, like, whatever. It's like, okay. Anyways, um, okay. Oh, wait. I just have something out and. Next is Holly. I don't know, Holly, did you read all of your stuff? First, do you want to go again? Yeah, um, I can go again, that's fine. Um, I will read, um, so um, it's an old poem. I wrote it about two or three years ago, um, and it's actually in the collection that is coming out at some point, who knows. Um, and it's about my sister who passed away in 2012 um, from a heroin addiction. And I've been thinking about her a lot lately because I heard, I found out some news about her that was pretty bad that I wrote, uh, that I read a poem about a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember. So first one I'm gonna read is about her and then I'll read a nice one to end so it's not all depressing. <laughs> so this one's called Christmas Eve, Millennium Bridge, Newcastle upon Tyne. I saw you that day on the bridge. I was just walking along, wholly unprepared, pausing my chatter to stop and be benevolent, a fractured philanthropist. That's when I saw you, sitting on the bridge, smoking, gaunt, accepting money from strangers. You took my money and shook my hand, smiling, said, nice to meet you, no recognition on your face. But I saw you, I only saw you. The world went away just then. The ground beneath my feet crumpled. Oxygen fled my lungs. Somehow I left the bridge, reached a bench, before I fell apart. I wonder if she saw my face, heard the catch in my throat, or my quickening breath. Did she think that I was strange, that girl on the bridge, whose face I can't remember, because all I saw was you? It's funny how grief can sneak up on you. It's also funny how people say it's funny about things that aren't really funny. Five years since you'd gone, last minute shopping and trying to be charitable, brought it all back, like I had you back, just for a moment. Then I lost you all over again, right there on the bridge on Christmas Eve. So that's the first one, thank you. Uh, and the next one I'm reading off my phone again and I wrote this this week and it's just about my daughter it doesn't really have a title because I struggled to title it I think if I could I would just name it after her but because she's adopted and I'm sharing it online and stuff I can't really name it after her so I just named it my beautiful girl but that's just a working title I don't think it's a very good title anyway so if you have any ideas for a title let me know sitting with her book pen in hand clicking the top with her teeth the way I do. She could be mine, and she is. So many little shared idiosyncrasies. She even looks like me. She has my nose, as though she were made for me. But I am not so sanctimonious as to believe that the universe would conspire to steal a mother from her child just to fulfill my maternal need. I cherish every moment of you, my beautiful girl. Every word, every cry, every cuddle. And one day when you meet her, and discover all the things you share. I will cherish that too, because you're also hers, 
and we can both be part of you. Those are pretty deep. Um, next, I believe, would be if he rises to the challenge, our Generalissimo. What do you think? I'd be here. Cool. You want to go? I'm, su I'm suing AJ because she reached out from her computer and slapped me across the face with a few of those lines. Okay. <laughs> like, so my first, my first poem, I'm is going to be dedicated to Marie because she's doing such great storytelling today. And it's called The Tale of Smile and Molly. I haven't memorized, so I hope I can get through it. When the taters stopped growing in Ireland, Smile and Molly had no option nor no plan. So to America, she boarded a ship. Over there in the saloon, she danced the jigs and earned her room from the drunkard's tips. If she smiled at you, you could dance with her but you best not smile back or trouble might incur. One fine day, Smiling Molly was buying living supplies from the store for general merchandise. She looked at a brush with a handle of ebony, quite a splurge for a personal sundry. The brush fell to the floor from her hands. When she reached to pick it up, her eyes espied the eyes of well-dressed gentlemen. I believe this is yours and please do pardon my forwardness, ma'am. And from his gentle kindness, Smiling Molly felt a warmth in her heart upon which she didn't plan. A proper courtship did ensue, a fine church wedding some months soon, a house of the finest wood built by the finest architect, smiling Molly's harsh past life one could not detect. Uh, in her house, she raised four smiling girls. After the last had married, she returned to her Ireland from a very different world. At her husband's side, she cried by her parents' grave then return to her America, to a family and life so fine and safe. Smile and Molly was always known to smile. She said that her doll was told her girl, a smile don't hurt nobody, so you never have to have a reason why. She told her girls and their children too about her life in Ireland, her seven brothers, her manda, and how a smile could always keep you from feeling blue. Thank you. Thank you. Is that it? Oh, okay. Well, I can do another one. Okay, great. Uh, let me pull it up for you. You know what? I am gonna. Since you were talking about your dissertation, I'm gonna do my dissertation. Um, it's got a long title, so beware. It's called "As Published in the Journal of Incoherent Blather: Colon, July 2013, the University of Phoenix: Colon, a Division of Princeton University, a dissertation toward a PhD in bullshitology: Colon." The causation of the facilitation of desperation, a no-nonsense senseless sentence that makes no sense. The problem or trouble with indisputable, irrefutable, immutable, and commutable mutations of mutual manipulations of incantations and lamentations of those with fixations of animals in various stages of gestation and impregnation, staging underwarding birthing stations for creation of sensation of relaxation an exhibition of inhibition of cessation of automation within limitations of instantaneous subcutaneous preparation for exploration of animation of magnification of stagnation castration and rationalization of the imagination is the exploration and or irritation of imitation explanations of blatant fabrication gracias
that was my dissertation and I did get that degree. Right on. <laughs> okay. Um, so then I guess after that, next would be, oh, we're supposed to have Stilly, but he didn't come. Um, okay, so I have one and it's along the lines of, I'm just gonna say chick shit that we were talking about during the break, the chick shit. Um, this one is called Fishnets and a Fur Coat. <sighs> so fishnets and a fur coat. I waxed for you. The result is that I'm leaking down Saki Hall with only the fishnets to save me. It is unnerving, yet still, I feel so sexy, like I could just fuck myself standing on the corner waiting for the traffic light. You are waiting like I planned it. And I can tell from passersby that you will not be disappointed or angry. I know this, po this power and I'm supposed to use it wisely, much less have power at all. I think you will help me, but I am leaking. Powerful but helpless, I leak. I know you have one hell of a broken heart. And I know how this will be. Smooth, you'll call, all the shots, but you won't keep your game face. You won't even bother, and it's just the worst. The fishnets and the fur coat may be thrilling in an ashtray, you know, New York kind of way, but you will never be ready, and the steady glowing fear in your eyes gives you away. Yeah, that glowing, it gives you away. My chick shit poem for tonight. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody. And I guess, does Andy want to go again? Because otherwise, that's it, I think. Or does anybody indeed want to go? Leslie, yes. You can go. I say you can go. I've asked to unmute you. And now I'm going to mute myself. Unmute. She's talking, but I can't hear her. <laughs> there we go. Oh, good. That worked. Oh, we have somebody joining us. Well, anyway. this is. Oh, I'll wait. Okay. No, no, go ahead. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, through this whole thing, I, I don't think I wrote one COVID poem. And so um, like last week, this was it. And so here it is. It's called Desert Rains. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't you know that everything has changed? Don't you know that nothing will ever be the same? That the time of change, the moment that it all snaps under the weight and ricochets shooting out in all directions to smack us all in the face. The Buddha's Zen slap is here and nothing will be the same. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Standing where you are now, wherever you are, look, just look and be. Where you are is where you are. You are not inside a computer screen, a television news broadcast in the studio with the news anchors. You are not on the street with the protesters. You are not below the earth the ground, the grounding of it, nor are you above earth, ungrounded. You are where you are. Where is that? That isness is where you are. We are as they, the wise ones, the seers, always said of us, we are that and this life and our time here is here and the here at once 
as it always is and was of inhabiting the many realms at once together. The veils between them sometimes whisper thin, sometimes a wall thick and impenetrable. The passages, the passageways, the doors visible at times, at, at, to some at times, excuse me, invisible to them. Invisible always to some, the multiple rooms, the plains and valleys, the snapshots of perception, which have no record here on earth, only that echo, shadow of knowing from the knowing of those who wrote it. This, what they saw, felt, knew, painted it, lusted, thirsted after the knowledge that only some are privy to, to pass down to us that which we read still now, that which we stand before in museums and which is the mere glimmer, the replication of this other mysterious world only some can see. It is here now. It is our reality now. It is this world which always has been, is here now for us to see, for us in which we can be. Ah, shall we rejoice, dance in the street, eagerly await each new layer and nuance revealed to us now, now in this our lifetime, now and not cower in fear and make up stories based on what was or what some think it was just months ago when they were at that time and always were in any time off by a mile, the blind with eyes that could not see. How will we make this time from here? How will we be in this time from here? How will we take this time into us? Hold it to us, hold it as us and revel in it. How hold it to us and rejoice. Nothing is the same. Nothing will be the same. Nothing ever was the same that we thought it was. The skies have opened, below the earth is humming and resonating with this moment, this change upon us. How will it be? How will we be with this? How will we be with this? I hope we will be like children when in the desert, finally it rains. One more. <laughs> All right, so this one's called a GNC at night. You were at the land's end when the sky is abject, facing the dark. See, you know, when there is a stillness beyond waking and no lights. And then what do you do? You accept. A deposit of flesh, a toe, perhaps sent in testing this water, tasting the whole of it with only one purpose, one part submerged. You know this. You have practiced, the, practiced this now at the edge of the sea, the sea and so many others, and this and so many other lives. And still you want this this touch of water that is your body and mine and ours. This water that is everything, our world, our life itself. You decide now to give it, give it all, the body, your body, whole, your body, to give into it, to submit, submerge the impulse to let go and let be in this water, this liquid self is self to join to it once again, that which is yours to that which is ours, this water, our body, give to it freely that which we are and give in. Submerged and momentary, always a dark drop of this called flesh, now as water, changing into the vast and moving stillness. That's all.
Thanks, Leslie. Um, okay, so John has joined us, and he's going to close out the show. Oh, cool. Hi, John. I've asked you to be unmuted. Here we go. Okay. How about that? I'm unmuted. Cool. Yes, you are. Uh, three poems that work. That's great. Okay, that'll work here. Hold on. Cool. Okay, let's see. Uh, COVID poem called Grocery Run, you know, because the only excitement I have lately is going to the grocery store. White hair, gaunt bodies, toothless mouths hidden behind sky blue face masks. They wander listless as George Romero zombies, mindless feeding machines programmed to consume by a cold, uncaring universe. They shuffle inexorably forward, fingering limp broccoli, flabby Brussels sprouts, and frozen ribs large as Toyota Camrys. I imagine them devouring the raw pork, their dentures like flesh-eating beetles picking the bones clean of pinkish-gray meat. Glasses, fogs, hands covered in contagion due to the lack of disinfectant wives at the door. I push a cart loaded with five pound bags of potatoes and onions of dubious provenance. The shelves empty as interstellar space. And although science has proved a vacuum is more than nothing, I cannot live on quantum fields alone. Chicken stock, canned tomatoes, still no yeast. Tough are the souls that tread the blue taped arrows on the floor, that knife edge of safety between microscopic assassins, or maybe some giant tentacle would burst through the gray linoleum and drag me into the abyss. A stock boy blocks my path, his barcode reader threatening as a serial killer's chainsaw. Got any eggs, I asked. No, we don't have hand sanitizer. The store without eggs is across the street. <laughs> okay, next one. Well, you know, is maybe you don't know it or not, but uh, you know, politics in America are rather divisive these days. Um, and so there's a poem about that, about Facebook and whatnot, called "Eulogy for the Unfriended." We gather to mourn the loss of Alice stroking her brown and white St. Bernard, Barbara embracing her acoustic guitar, Cheryl, who tipsy on Chianti, flirted with me at Don's going away dinner, Roberta, who toured Chinese Zen temples, Brad, who worked nonviolence into his martial arts when evicting drunks from a topless bar, Jeff, whose poems meander from sarcasm to irony and back, Jerry, the pot-smoking Vietnam vet always quick with a joke and Rob who volleyed batshit ideas with me on the improv stage holding cognitive dissonance in respect for non-conforming facts I've paused over the unfriend button for years, but what do I say to Harriet who wants me booted out of the country for not praying to her God Scratch a profile picture, get a noxious gas of 
racist dog whistles and totalitarian sympathies, praise for Joseph McCarthy's blacklist, beating protesters and banning the press from exposing politicians' deceit. Skepticism turns on science and medicine while leaving hype and spin unquestioned. Deadly lies infiltrate like a puppy with a suicide bomb. Measles and whooping cough back in style. Bound feet, lead makeup, whalebone corsets. Friendship wears a warning sign. Trust an electric fence. <laughs> um, and so I don't know, I, I've got a physics PhD and, and part of the challenge of writing poetry about it is, is that, uh, you know, poetry is about the senses, which you can see and feel and so much of uh, uh, what physics uh, studies is beyond seeing and feeling. So how do you make an image out of that? Anyway, this is called uh, Parable of the Electron Sea. And it starts with an epigraph by Muriel Rukeyser. The universe is made of stories, not atoms. Sing math, O oh goddess of warped clocks, cannon shot falling past the earth and a universe empty save for a spinning carousel. Sing of heroes, masters of Hilbert space and tensor transforms all who battle the two-headed dagon of confusion and convention. Sing of plucked strings and radio waves of fields tossing energy like a beanbag from one hand to another, sing of rail cars and flashbulbs, clocks made of mirrors and light and elevators in outer space, sing the dice roll of microscopic billiard balls, ultraviolet catastrophe in a cat both alive and dead, sing of Heisenberg's microscope, spooky action at a distance, an electron tripping over itself, and the coyote riding trickster cutting space into infinite double slits, sing the siren pitch of runaway galaxies of universes as bubbles in a cosmic sea of beer, sing of gravity ripping radiation from emptiness and the atoms of space-time itself, sing of equations that yield nonsense of pencils snapped in frustration, broken marriages, keyboards hurled at walls and Ludwig Boltz dead by his own hand, sing the will to go on. Schrodinger's cats, Schrodinger's cats. Yay, cats. Thank you. That was great. Night B8 to C6. Oh my God, what the fuck? Thank you so much. I love that you added Schrodinger's cats. I love Schrodinger's cats. That's like my favorite cat is alive and dead in the box. I love that you added that. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so I guess that that was, is us for tonight. Um, that was awesome. Thanks everybody for coming. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm so glad that you got here just in time, John. Yes. Yay. yes. <laughs> but normally, normally we sort of just hang out. Yeah. Um, so well, we I'll take us out of this. You guys are all amazing. Love, love, love from San Francisco. 
the podcast will be available. I'll tag it to everything. Thank you again for an awesome reading. I love the strange themes that came out tonight. There was like a fish theme. There was some, I thought it was going to be a motorcycle theme, but um, Aaron, <laughs> I love your dissertation and I can't wait to see it performed anywhere in any context. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'll see everybody next week. Yay! Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>with Mussolini and before that the Romans so if you think you live in a fascist country well you do antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus it started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America no one thought it would be this bad he was a 70 year old yammering nimrod how bad could it possibly be we are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two.